Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, ladies, gentlemen? You are listening once again to Blockbuster Mentality. I'm your host, Ben. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, before we get into it, make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes. Review us, rate us. We're climbing up those charts. Continue to help us out. If you hear a cat, that is my cat, Mia. She's uh, named after Mia from La La Land. Uh, but that is uh, that is Mia, our, our Bengal cat we got here. So if you hear her... Welcome her. Say hi to her. But we have a fun show for you folks today. We have on Wayne Fetterman, actor, comedian, historian. Last time we had Wayne on, we talked box office history. We went about 12 hours. Um, We kept him a long time, so sorry, Wayne, but uh, he graciously joined us again here. He has a new book out called The History of Stand-Up. We talk a lot about that. He is uh, full of knowledge in that regard, and it is very interesting stuff. Definitely check out the book. Get it wherever you can get books. You can even get it on Amazon, and he might even tell you how much uh, he gets per book sold. So stay tuned if you ever wanted to learn that, or you could probably just Google it. I just straight up asked him. So there you have it. But yeah, Dave joins me. And we, uh, after talking about the book, we get into a Marlon Brando film, On the Waterfront, 1954. I could have been a contender. That was my Marlon Brando impression. We we each try one in this episode. Let us know who does it the best on Twitter, at BlockbusterCast. At BlockbusterCast. I cannot talk today. You guys know this if you are familiar with the show. I'm not a I'm not a talker, but I have a podcast at Blockbuster Cast on Twitter at Blockbuster Mentality on Instagram. That's where you'll get all the updates on the show and when new episodes come out. But uh, yeah, without further ado, here is our conversation with Wayne Fetterman. But no, again, uh, appreciate you coming back. I know, yeah, last time we did box office history, went, it was a two-parter that you even How was the response to that? How was the response It was that? great. It was great. Yeah. I, mean, I liked it. Was, it. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, it still goes down as one of Dave's, I think it might be his favorite episodes. So yeah. Really? If, if that counts for anything. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it was a lot of fun because we, in a way, we were able to talk about our love of films through all the different films that we that kind of made those lists, and then there was a whole bunch of others that we ended up talking about too. We're like, oh, this movie was that, this movie was that. What what impact did this have on the culture? It was. I thought it was a fascinating conversation. You brought a lot of knowledge. Thanks, man. Yeah, full of the knowledge. 
That's what I do. I'm a historian, guys. I write history books. I know. Uh, we'll talk about that, I guess. <laughs> I guess we can talk a little bit about that. No, nah, we don't have to. We don't have to yeah, push it. No, it's we don't a... have to push. No, um, I mean, what is your fascination oh, no, with history, though? I mean, is it just film and, and stand-up? Is it World War One, World War Two? <laughs> like, is it... <laughs> I would say my expertise is in stand-up history... And then I'm movie history, but not like when I talk to real movie nerds, I'm like, I'm I'm not in their depth. I'm just not. But I'm pretty good. Pretty good for a normal person. Yeah. I, I would say a couple steps ahead. And then a little NBA history as well. I don't know if you know, I wrote a book about Pete Maravich. Yeah. 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 And so uh, I don't know. I just, I've lived a long time and it's <laughs> like, I've, like half, like almost half of this book, not half. But the last third of my book on stand-up, history of stand-up, I lived through. So yeah, I'm talking about things I saw firsthand. So did stand-up begin in ancient Greece or did it begin somewhere else? Well, I mean, theater began in ancient Greece, but actually comedy, we don't know. I mean, there was before they were putting on plays, there were funny people. And obviously there was, you know, court jesters and in almost every society there was been like a funny person. What I call a needy extrovert. <laughs> That's I just try to imagine like ancient times, you know, what, you know, oh, the, the, well, the well got poisoned again or something like right. that. I, just I don't know. I don't I start. I start around 1860 is where I started, but <laughs> you could go further back than that. And what was I hope going somebody, on in 1860? Oh, there was, uh, there was something called the Lyceum movement, which was lecture circuit where people would lecture on uh, botany and mythology and the American Revolution and all of this stuff because there was no real education at that time. And so people were starting to make some money and they wanted to be educated. So these people would tour theaters and opera houses and people would pay a quarter, 50 cents to hear someone lectures like a TED talk, Mm -hmm. basically – and there was a guy who started doing comedy on this lecture circuit. <laughs> he did this thing called, uh, it was called Babes in the Woods. And the whole, his whole point was he would never talk about Babes in the Woods. So it was all a misdirect. And we do tangent on tangent on a tangent, then come back. And then as the laughs kept rolling, rolling, rolling. And that's how it, he was one of the first. His name is Artemis Ward. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. the, I mean, the book, you know, the the you know the part of it says from Mark Twain to Dave Chappelle, rather right. than looking up uh, Mark. I obviously know Mark Twain's works, but never really think of him as a stand-up. Obviously, know the Mark Twain Award. So yes. rather than uh, doing my research, I thought I'll just wait till Wayne comes on. You can tell me about <laughs> yeah. Mark Twain. Well, so Mark Twain was a funny guy. Like, what? What's the deal with Mark Twain? Oh my God, you have no idea. It's incredible what <laughs> do, he do. Did, you know so. Dave? Do you know, well, I know? I mean, I know for his his witticisms yeah. and stuff like that, but in terms yeah. of him, yeah. Again, I'm old, but I didn't never worked with Twain. Never got to go out on the road. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so missed opportunity. Uh, I would have loved to have been the middle act for Mark Twain, but he. I remember, I was just talking about that guy Artemis Ward. He saw Artemis Ward in I think 1861 in Nevada. And was blown away by this guy. Actually wrote a a whole article about how to tell a story and talks about Artemis Ward's delivery, that he never laughed at his own jokes, that he'd always looked up some, kind of surprised 
when the audience laughed, like, oh, what's happening here? Like, it was just great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he always had that in the back of his mind, like, oh, Artemis Ward. Then Artemis Ward in very much on, on point, on brand, 1800s person, dies of tuberculosis at age 32. Oh. And so now there's a couple other funny guys, but Twain becomes famous as, you know, for these books. And so right. he loses all his money in a startup. He, he tries to go into the printing press business and buys this printing press that is the greatest in the world when it works. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So he loses lots of money and decides to, look, I'm going to do an Artemis Ward comedy tour, not <laughs> only here, but all around the world because people adore me. And he does this insane comedy tour that's not only in the United States, all over the world. He goes to Hawaii. He goes to England. He goes to France. He goes to India. He goes to South mm-hmm. Africa. He go, It's insane. Like, before, yeah. this is all by boat. Like, there's no airplanes. <laughs> right, yeah. There's no, I don't even know how you book a tour like this, so. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you send a telegram to contact, yeah. you know, publicist. <laughs> Three weeks and... later, you get a message back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so he did this incredible, there's a guy who wrote a book about it, and it was. It wasn't called stand-up comedy. The term didn't come around till 1947. So, but Twain did this incredible tour. Was able to raise all this money because he just packed theaters all over the world, and he would do a basically an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, and uh, the supposedly people were laughing beginning, middle, and end, and then he came back and was able to pay off his debts and. And that's it. And, I mean, you know, he was, you know, spe- made speeches after that. But he w- basically did a com- huge comedy tour. Yeah. It, around the world, not just the United States. Right. It, Artemis, yeah. Artemis Ward style in a, theaters. A world tour in the 19th century. 18, yeah, 1895, I think. Yeah, is, that's I think insane. I, I know. Is there a science but behind the timing of a of special? Because you said he did an hour and twenty minutes. Usually, comedy specials are about an hour. Like, yeah, there, that's is, interesting. That's a great question. That's your first good question. All right, let yes. me let me. <laughs> like, yes, I got it. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, usually, yeah. I mean, it used the rule of thumb used to be like you don't want people sitting longer than they would have to get up to go to the bathroom. Sure. So yeah. that's why there was intermissions and in plays and things like that. Cause you're like, okay, we don't want everyone squirming around at the end of our plays. So yeah, I don't know. I know Artemis Ward also did uh, our 20. That's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I just was reading a review of Twain in mini at Duluth, excuse me, Minnesota. And the guy said he timed him and it was an hour 20. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I stumped, I stumped him, Dave. I, stumped I know Twain, so. <laughs> there's going to be more. Believe me, there's going to be a lot of stumping yeah. today. And then uh, you, you talked about Mark Twain, but obviously it says uh, to Dave Chappelle. Can you tell who's Dave Chappelle? <laughs> Chappelle. <laughs> no, Chappelle. His name's pronounced Chappelle. Sh- Sha- Chappelle. Oh, Chappelle. Okay, Chappelle. Gotcha. Yeah. He's a no. French comedian. Oh, you yeah. should know. He works mainly outside Paris. <laughs> this little, uh, uh, for two. Do you know the town of for I that's where he works. Yeah, that's where he works. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> so Chappelle go. is really interesting guy in the history of stand up because he's become like he's like king of the mountain now for summer. He's sort of not only is he like this incredible stand up. I don't know if you remember in 2017 or 
2017. Some people say it. I say 2017. There's no correct way, is my point. <laughs> yeah, there's like 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. 2017. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, so. Maybe two zero seventeen. Yeah, gonna, okay, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, there's an endless <laughs> amount of possibilities. Uh, so the worst we're gonna, podcast we're gonna break ever. Down year by year, we're worst podcast ever. So <laughs> yes. he uh, he did four Netflix specials. I mean, just it seems unimaginable. Like some of Netflix specials, someone might be able to do one every two years. That would be George Carlin level yeah. writing. Right. So he was extremely pro- prolific. And then whenever we have a new president, he goes on SNL and yeah. hosts SNL and talks about it. He's like, so there's never new really material. been a mean, And here's another thing. He's the <laughs> last comedian to get the Mark Twain prize, which oh. is our annual prize we give to the funny man that really, or person who affects American humor. So how about that? Yeah, that is how about that. How about that? That is fantastic. And I can't wait to use as a clip worst post podcast ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to promo this episode. That's, by having that's what we should say. Worst I hope podcast we call it that. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well. And ahead, when did we get the, when did we get our modern sense of, of up? When, when did that, where did that, where and when did that develop? I don't, that's totally subjective. What do you mean by modern sense of it? Well, like a guy with a microphone and you know, all that is that was, well, microphones came around in the, in the late twenties. So that was the first time comedians started using microphones. So Twain, Artemis Ward, um, there was a guy named Will Rogers. Uh, they all didn't use microphones at the beginning at, for well, for Twain and Artemis Ward's entire career, there was no microphones. But for Will Rogers, he started out pre-microphone, became a microphone comedian. Obviously, he had a radio show based on microphones. But the yeah, so that's in the twenties when sound pictures started to come in. Theaters started wiring up their auditoriums for these sound pictures, and that also allowed comedians to use microphones, which was a kind of a I don't know if it's game changer, but it was certainly a new tool in a comedian's um, arsenal. Because now, for the first time ever, a comedian could be loud while right. speaking softly. Yeah. So, you know, like a microphone really in the right hands is you can create a intimacy with the crowd that you couldn't, if the twain never could. Yeah. Right, you'd be much more dynamic, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you know music. Do you guys know music at all, or is it just movies? Are you familiar with popular I mean, I've, music? I've heard a song or two. No, yeah, I like, <laughs> I, I like music, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, that, the same thing happened in music. There was, like, very belty kind of guys like Al Jolson who would have to be able to reach the back of a theater without a microphone, and then mics come along, and suddenly you get Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald, you know, crooners, people who could, mm-hmm. like, be really intimate and... Talk about love in a very, you know, very close up way. So it changed music, changed stand up. But is that what you mean by modern, or do you think the brick wall, or what? What? What do yeah, you I'm think? Yeah, kind of think you know the the, the the fifteen minute set or whatever it is. You know that as a as like a it seems like it's it, it's more of a business now. I, I think everyone is, knew Mark Twain because he was a famous author and also and then became sort of a right. Funny man. But that sounds that still sounds a little different than what you might have seen. Um, I mean, you mean if felt, he had started just as a performer? Yeah. Right. And, and okay. 
you know, no, that is true. That is true. Yeah. That he both both him and Artemis were famous before they started doing their comedy tours. So, um, I, I, you know, there was I would have to say vaudeville. So that would be around vaudeville's like nineteen hundred, the height of it till like nineteen twenty five. So there were people who just did stand up. They just they wasn't called stand up. I mean, right. the term didn't come around for another twenty years after that. But they were basically doing that. It might not have been 15 minutes. It might have been nine minutes or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. were called monologists, but they were called comedy monologists. Now, some people are actually known for their, their mic holding and things like yes. that. Like, I, yes. I know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, Bill Burr will host Saturday Night Live and he'll be up there with a mic or Mm -hmm. uh, there's been other comics that have done that as well. And it's like it's just part of them. Like they got to have that. Do you do you feel like you have any sort of crutch when you're on stage? Do you need to be? Well, I like to uh, more than that. I like, you know, I play the piano some in my act. So I have a whole like 8,000 pound instrument in front of me that's, <laughs> yeah. that people have to roll out and then I <laughs> lean on a little bit. But yeah, I, I prefer holding a mic because I feel like my hands get like, a little, I don't know. Yeah. It's talky <laughs> with my hands. Yeah. Well, it seems like tonight you have a headache. You keep, you know, holding. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, this is the way I talk. This I just, is the way I think. This no, is the way that's I think. fine. I just want to make sure you're comfortable. You know, I don't want you <laughs> to. <laughs> You know, I can send you some Tylenol. Um, I know. Now he's going to touch Wayne's in pain. No, 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 no. This is the way I like to kind of think about things. Yeah, no, do it. Do it. Put your head away. It's like, I can't believe I I wanted to come on the show. No, he's been been on a million TV shows and has been, you know, uh, directed many ways. I think he can handle me just asking if he's okay. Okay. No, thank you. I I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, So, uh, you know, uh, obviously we were talking about, you know, this book, The History of Us. Stand up. So, like, when did it start? Uh, what and how long did it take you to 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 write it? Well, it's interesting, not that interesting, but <laughs> this is sort of based on an article I had written for Vulture magazine maybe six years ago. Okay, called the history of stand up in ten steps. But I started that in 1947, and obviously a lot has changed since I've written that. So I wanted to sort of expand that article. So I've been writing it kind of on and off for for a while, but I really, during the lockdown, I don't know whose phone just went off, but I heard me. it. Yeah, Am I supposed sorry. to pretend I don't hear yeah, it? it? No, we're tangent away yeah, on the show. Yeah, yeah. As you know, with so, the 12 and a half hours you spent with us last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I've been writing it for a while, but really during lockdown, I just I doubled down and like okay I'm going to get this done and got it done and published yeah by March 15th it came out wow yeah, yeah. that's hey I mean that's w- one good thing that came from this pandemic you know you're stuck it's like huh guess I got guess I got got to finish it now you know we got we got Wayne Fetterman's book out of it yeah. folks so. Wayne's like hundreds of thousands died but I got right the right, right book. I got paperback book that you can get on Amazon. <laughs> It's a well balanced, good balance. It's a good balance. (laughs) Definitely. Um, And obviously, you've had people kicked out of their apartments. Wayne got a book out of it, so I guess it's okay. Yeah. So if you look at the bright side, folks, gotta look at the bright side. Um, (laughs) What's uh, yeah? Obviously, your your podcast uh, was called History of Stand Up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, uh, does it? 
I saw that you had a recent episode in your podcast. Is that so, or am I just no? It's up? no. Okay. But we are. We're going to have a whole new season this okay. year. Maybe Probably, a trailer came out. Maybe maybe something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but but uh, no, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm it's the most difficult be... guest we've ever had. <laughs> what? What am I saying? Yeah, what are you, Dave, what are you talking about, David? I think he's making fun of me with the questions. Oh, I see. Um, I see. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, you can get it on Amazon right now. I, I'm seeing right now $11.99. How much, how much is... I, I don't have to put this in the episode, but how much of that goes in your pocket? It's a good question. I think I know. about... Four, about four, four or five bucks. Okay, like a good chunk of it. A good yeah. chunk of it. That's not bad. Yeah. Not that was bad. pretty good. So, maybe a little less. Maybe a little less. Maybe around four. Yeah. So because of the pandemic, folks, every time you buy his book, he gets four or five dollars <laughs> because he was able to finish it during. Why? The- <laughs> By the way, no one's ever asked me that, so I love that you brought it up. Yeah, what's your cut? Like, of- <laughs> I think that's. I think that's the cut I'm, of my I'm book. I'm curious, you know. I mean, no, why not? Of course, why not? I'm, you know? I'm, why not? I've been honest with you guys. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I don't know how many sold. So you know, he could have right. sold two. Right, I could be up to eighty six dollars at this point. That's <laughs> true. Exactly. So you know, it is what it is. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to reading it and uh, getting our listeners to read uh, it. Thank you, thank you. Um, if you're interested, if you're interested stand up history, if you're not, yeah, you probably don't. I'm not recommending. <laughs> well, I, I think the title says it right there. I think yeah, yeah. Know this is something interested. that interests you. You, yeah. I think you might. And it's not that long a book. It's it's actually yeah, it's like 150 pages. And then I have a timeline for those who are too lazy to even read the book. They just want to flip yeah. to the yellow, and you can get the whole thing from seven pages. Is there any pictures? There's one, two pictures in the book. There's okay. one of Will Rogers, and then there's my author picture from when I was a kid. And from uh, Racket Lake, New York. I don't know if oh, you know well. where that is, but it's in New York. Okay, so that, you don't so. know where it is. <laughs> You're just repeating what I said. <laughs> trying to help That's, you here. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Wayne. Like we're we're trying to we're just trying to help out. That's man. not helping. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, there's no house. Oh wait, you mean that place near Racket Lake in New York? Yeah, I think I do know it. <laughs> it's some sort of uh, lake. Um, all right, you might as well, well tell well, me why where not it is a now. current picture. Yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Let's go into well, that. Well, I'll tell you, great, great. Uh, here we go. Uh, because I, you know, I have. There's just so many current pictures of me, kind of on the internet, because I'm an actor and stuff like that. And this picture is from Racket Lake, and it's in front of a typewriter, and I'm smoking, or at least holding a lit cigarette, and like it's a typewriter, not a computer, not a word processor. Yeah. And I'm look like I'm slaving over the typewriter. And it's just a funny picture. And I was like, this will be funny to put on there. Like, like I'm an old fashioned writer, like I'm Damon <laughs> Runyon or something. So are you kid as in like teenager kid or like, I'm t- I think I might be 20 at that time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, you, you were old enough for cigarettes. I was thinking like, man, your parents. Took oh, I see. You when you're <laughs> like, like a six year old. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? were you guys old enough to have like, Candy cigarettes? Does that mean yeah, anything yeah. to you? Okay, yeah, okay, because they know they no longer sell those. You know that? Yeah, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they sell like sticks where they can kind of pretend, but yeah, it's, it's in no those way. little it like packs. A, yeah, those yeah, are good. but yeah, no, definitely. They even had like sometimes the red at the tip or yes, yeah, lit, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, I would always slobber on mine and never get the the nice puff oh. of sugar. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks for the visual. Away at the, a, I was just wondering. I was just wondering. No, no. That was I'm good. reminiscing, reminiscing. I know. That's what history is. Reminiscing. Speaking of reminiscing, yeah. hey, we're not talking about multiple movies this time. We're talking about one movie. Yes, one I'm so excited. Movie. I'm Absolutely. so excited. I, I, Dave, I want to say this might be our first Marlon Brando movie. Uh, actually, we did Apocalypse Now. but We did. That was past his prime, I think. That, that was yeah. his like last great performance, and he was mm-hmm. barely in it. But yeah, I think this is our first Marlon Brando movie on the waterfront. Yeah, where he's the lead. What was that? Where he's the lead. Yeah, where he's the lead. Exactly. Um, what? Uh, so Wayne, I mean, let's start with just this. time out. Time out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ, you've never done The Godfather. Not yet. We we've been kind of. We always stay away from like those. Like I, we, I recently just did, oh, okay. Uh, I got it. I got it. Okay, yeah, that makes like, sense. That makes sense. It's I, too I, iconic. Okay, yeah, too much. Like, yeah. Everything yep. that's you know anything that can be said about that movie's already yes. been said, and it's like, well, what what are we, what are we gonna I add got it. to it? I got it. You know? I got it. Yeah, you get it. You get it. Because uh, I recently just did Shawshank Redemption with someone, and you know <laughs> that that was like I was I, all right. It's time to do a movie like that. And but yeah, anyway, um, well, we have done two thousand one. And yeah, we have, uh, he doesn't like that's that. from 1968. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, Godfather is from 1972. Yeah, don't interesting, don't, interesting don't, trivia about the Godfather. Don't mess <laughs> with Wayne with years and stuff. He's one, one best picture. Coppola did not win best director. Very interesting. Yeah, that is the interesting. Godf- I know because you that a, correlates. Is that a super eight cam a projector I see behind you? <laughs> that is uh, actually i thought it was 16? i got it from a friend it's no it's in it's an eight millimeter it's oh, not, not super regular eight. Eight. Yeah. regular eight. yeah yeah that's nice. so i bought like a pinocchio clip on mm-hmm. super eight thinking it would play on that and it wouldn't and it wouldn't yeah it okay. was like barely sorry slow. sorry guys no sorry. you're good let's you're, get back uh, to on the waterfront you're the first to notice that so thank you um but uh yeah on the waterfront uh wayne do you remember the first time you saw this film Wow. Okay. Let me think. Wow. I think, I think I saw it in New York City when I was going to New York University, right before I had that picture taken at Racket Lake, New York. Yeah. For the, for my book, I'm bringing it back to the book. And I was at a theater, I believe it's called the Thalia Theater, which was a revival house. And I think that's the first time I saw it. And I, okay. I think it was on a double feature with maybe the wild one. It was a Marlon Brando thing, but I know yeah. it wasn't Streetcar. I know it wasn't Streetcar. It was some other brand. Of, so I think that's the first time I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I was maybe 17, 18 and just rented it at Blockbuster or something. So right. your story's uh, <laughs> <course>. more. Uh, <laughs> and I actually just watched <laughs> the last Blockbuster on Netflix uh, tonight. So um, <laughs> not to prepare for this or anything. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, 1954, um, obviously you didn't see it in 19. Wait, did Dave, have you seen this movie? I have. Yeah, this was. Okay. okay so we're all on board. A second or third viewing, although I came a little bit later to this one. I don't think I saw it for the first time until maybe five years ago. Okay. Like yeah. I like the line, uh, which is in maybe the best scene in the whole movie, I think, um, which is he doesn't need a doctor. He needs a priest. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that comes from that, uh, which I think I actually think is a, is, is, is a more powerful scene uh, than um, I could have been a contender, in my opinion, uh, Carl Malden's delivery, because I think that's, a whole other 
uh, depth of of character and acting. And I think in um, the pigeons, I noticed the pigeons because Mike Tyson also kept kept pigeons. So mm-hmm. I assume that came from this. And I don't know if he saw himself identifying with that character in some way. Uh, so I think those were the two big ones. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, because I mean, yeah, the the contender thing. That's that's you know one of the one of the most famous things. But yeah, I, mean, I was interested to hear what you, you know your thoughts were, you know, in regards to that. Wayne, what a way to start a movie in 1954. Uh, you know, a guy just being thrown off a roof. Like, was this? Uh, do you think this was shocking back then? Was this was this a movie? Do you know that uh, was? Um, I, well, there had been a lot of. <laughs> been yeah. violence in movies before this well so, obviously yeah. certainly those warner brothers movies with jimmy cagney blowing up uh, on top of a building true on top yeah. of the world um uh people being mowed down with machine yeah. guns so <laughs> yeah i mean it was it was pretty i mean the whole movie is i i love this is one of my top movies this is always a top 10 movie of mine sometimes it moves into my top five never has moved out of my top 10 yeah. So it's like I just adore almost everything about this movie. So yes, that is shocking, but it's uh I think I think I mean there's so much to this movie, but yeah. I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was but just the 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 way it shot, obviously the editing the Leonard Bernstein who has a movie coming out later this year called West Side Story. The, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Right. He yeah. did the music for it. It's yeah, like great, yeah. It's incredible. And the one, my one, this is my one little, if I had something, I feel like this, the music mix is not great in this movie. Really? I feel like the, okay. yeah. And I, you know, I, that's something, I feel like it's a little too much. It's a little too loud because it's like sort of dissonant jazz. And I would love someone who's like an expert on music soundtracks to talk me, talk me down or, or, or push back on that. But that's my one little gripe in the movie is that. And I think it ages it a little bit. But yeah, God, is it just, I, love, I, think I, love, I love every frame Sorry. in this movie. I love yeah. it so much. I think the sound in general is I think maybe the biggest obstacle for mm-hmm. for viewers our age getting into a film. It's not even the black and white. And in fact, most of these remastered, they look. They look just fine, even though yeah. it's in black and white. They're pretty crisp, but the sound, yeah, either either too loud or or just kind of like it sounds like it's blowing out the speakers, kind of a thing. Um, I think if there was some way to fix <laughs> fix the sound in a lot of these older movies, if if that's even possible, um, I, I think that would go a long way for uh, getting acceptance for like a modern younger viewer. No, I meant more that the level of the music in the movie sometimes I thought was a little overbearing for the, the scene that's all that's all yeah i mean i understood what everyone was saying it wasn't all like you were my brother charlie you know you should have <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like that but yeah i mean you were i i get what you're saying and Dave, also because... brando was known for mumbling so yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm not i i've tried doing brando impressions i'm not even i'm not even gonna try <laughs> uh but uh <laughs> um yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about, though, Dave. I mean, in these old movies, you you can tell, especially you know when you watch a lot of movies, you're a movie buff or whatever. Like you can tell when you something was recorded afterwards. You know, yes, yes, you, you yeah. Know, but, it's it's kind of obvious. It's like you know, it's but it's it's not anything that throws you away from the movie or anything. You just it's part of the times and you know everything like that. But uh, yeah, they were really bad at doing like <laughs> later doing some yeah. audio later and. 
putting it in. Right, yeah. <laughs> and so the actor had to like match it with the lips and <laughs> it's like <laughs> Wayne, did you have a Brando for us? Looked like you might have had uh, a little bit. <laughs> that is no, I so used to, no, when I used to, when I was a kid, I used to put the cotton in the in my cheek. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, Charlie. No, it was you, Charlie. You sh- you should have looked after me. I can't do it. Right yeah, no, I mean, that's I'm like Charlie McCarthy. Okay, <laughs> no, it's way better uh, than a, than I could do. Um, which you are my brother. One. You are my brother. God, that scene is so <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, he does, I know. Uh, it kind of has a little thing. the tongue is falling out of the mouth. Like, oh, I gotta bring it back to the back of my throat. Charlie, you are my brother. <laughs> Not my knight. Not my knight. Could have taken Wilson oh, apart. Yeah. Not my not, night. Yeah, not my and then, night. And then he comes back. He's like, uh, "You saw some. You saw some money. Yeah, I could have been somebody. Oh God. Oh, I know. It's so great. I think and that I... scene is even better because, like, his brother pulls a gun at him and tells him to take right. the money. And yeah. really, if you really break down what that is, he's like, "You have to take this money, or you're going to get killed. They're going to kill right. you." Right. And then, and obviously, at the end, when you don't take it. And then he gives the gun, the gun that he just pointed at his own brother and gives him, he goes, you're going to need this. And then, what do you call it? Charlie gets killed. It's just. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I love how he just like. It's so very Shakespearean. The whole yeah. Thing. And so, it's religious. And it's. I don't know. Yeah, no, it it is. I mean, I, well, I love how he so like just gently puts his hand on the gun, like yeah, what yeah. yeah like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, you, like you said, he pulls out the gun, saying like you're gonna die, you know, if if you All don't right. do this. But do you think Charlie, like, if he didn't give that speech to him, like I could have been a contender and everything? Do you think there was a world where Charlie would have killed him if he didn't? I can't do that? imagine. <laughs> That's a yeah. great question. Like a, a like a, a um, Cain and Abel situation, right? Um, yeah. I, that's a good question. I maybe, maybe because I assume Charlie was just like like so in deep, right? Like it was either going to be him or his brother. But I can't believe he would have. Yeah, that's because right, he's using the gun to threaten him, but not yeah, to threaten yeah, yeah. him directly. More like you got to understand what stand. <laughs> Yeah, this is the seriousness of the situation. I'm showing you this gun, and what this means is you're going to die. Not by me, but right. like, you got to do what I'm telling you, or you will die. And it's it's right. really weird, and it's funny. Yeah, as you guys said, like Brando's like, wow, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's so no, I agree with you. And like what Ben said, like though, just like oh, he was like disappointed in his brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, like you got to do this. Like, you right? Know, is Charlie. this what we've come to? This what yeah. it's come to? And and yeah, it's just so. It's just, but yeah, he gives you know his Charlie just like a kick in the gut, you know, essentially mm-hmm. with that. With that, and I also speech. even in the I ought to be a contender. Like at the beginning, Charlie's like, oh, that manager we set you up with, he brought you along too quickly. And it's like. Oh, it wasn't the manager. It was right. you. Oh, yeah. God. It's... That's what, yeah, I think that's what gets him is just like, because he's trying to make excuses this whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you still, man- yeah, you still saw moon, m- money out of it. He's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. That line know, is so I, good. I, 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 what did I see? You know, one one way t- ticket to Palookaville, Palooka. you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's about all of us wanting yeah. to be somebody. And it wasn't even, I want to be the champion. He just right. wanted to be yeah. a contender. He just wanted to be in there. Could have been, you know, ah, uh, uh, yeah. Like just I just wanted, wanted a shot. legit shot. That's all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like Rocky uh, from '76. I don't know if you've yep. done that movie yet. Um, Not yet. Not yet, actually. But so. it's, uh, 
Yeah, just want to be a contender. That's a just a. It's just beautiful. It's yeah. really. It's absolutely. Oh, it's incredible. Bud Schulberg wrote the script. It's just so good. Yeah, it really is. And you know, because I mean, right away, you know, Marlon Brando's character Terry Malloy feels guilt over this uh, Joey's death because he indirectly caused it. You yeah, know? He, yeah, he brought he, him he up there. He didn't yeah. know. Yeah, he didn't know. He just thought they were going to shake him up a little bit or, you know, lean on him, I think he says. Uh, and no, yeah, they they throw him off a roof. And yeah, he's he's distraught by that. And then you get the... But he's not uh, distraught enough to uh, right. try to sleep with his sister. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not like, that distraught. <laughs> that makes yeah, me... Up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, even think about it. Like, how much... How innocent is he really? I mean, we live... We assume, you know, the events that start the movie, we we, we kind of know as it goes along that this kind of uh-huh. stuff has been happening for a long time. So for him to play completely innocent, I don't but think... But I don't think... My guess is... That's a great question. My guess and uh, is that... Yeah, he's been playing with the longshoreman union guys and they've taken care of his brother and they've been taking care of him and they've been giving him shifts and he, you know, he's gotten all of the uh, the benefits, but I don't think anyone got killed before like that because it right. wasn't there a um, like a commission or something that was investigating corruption on the docks. Yeah. And so that guy had talked to the commission. And so now it was like, oh, now we're in a whole different level. Like, oh, now we're killing people. That's my yeah. guess. What do you think? Does, does that sound right to you, Dave? I don't think that's the first guy that's that's been whacked. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I think I, would, I don't think it was just the first. I don't think this was like a new, a new uh, uh, policy by the longshoremen where if anyone talks, they get whacked. I think. It, I think it's the first. I think it was. It's been known uh, before that point, which is if you do step out of line. Right, well, I don't know. Right. I mean, at the very least, you're going to get the shit kicked out. Of you. I think it's. I think right. it might. I think it's the first time Terry's ever been like that directly involved mm-hmm. to me. That's right. What, that's and what and like. I think he felt like he was used. I think like he yeah. felt like, oh, I didn't know they were going to kill this guy. Yeah. Uh, that's that's my. That's a good. Uh, good. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Very good, Dave. See, you had a good question, guys. There's some spoilers. By the way, do you say there's spoilers right at the top of this thing when you do your intro to the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. We, okay. Just want to double check. We're spoiling. We're spoiling away. Uh, Lee Lee J Cobb is great as as John Johnny Friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of his. Uh, many great roles, obviously. Within Twelve Angry Men, he was one of the standouts in that. Uh, he just right. looks mean, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just. <laughs> he's- I also think this movie was as somebody who um, studied with Stella Adler from the group theater, and the, you know, I went to NYU, and there was a bunch of Strasburg kids in my. Like, I feel like this movie, maybe more than any movie, was the coming out of method acting like this new school of acting. And these are all of the guys are going to be doing it. Like Brando, obviously, and Lee J. Cobb and all the, you know, Malden, the whole thing was so, that was my take that this was sort of the new school of acting that was hitting. This wasn't Errol Flynn. This wasn't Mm -mm. Clark Gable. This was, I mean, look, there was, I felt like Montgomery Cliff was like an early adapter of this too, but I felt like, oh my God, now we're into method and, 
It was pretty intense to watch. Yeah, everyone is deep into their characters in this film, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is is I guess you know if you think about it, that's the new way of acting because yep. it, it makes it but it makes it very accessible to a modern audience because it, it kind of it feels like uh, you know something that you would watch today. Uh, obviously, other than the black and white and the bad sound. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the black and white adds to it, man. Come yeah. on, it's uh, no, uh, but yeah. Uh, Marlon Brando is a method actor. Yeah, it's great because it has the famous. It's you know famously known, I believe, that uh, when what's her face, Eva uh, Marie Saint, Eva Marie Saint. Yep, when yeah. he's like kind of walking her home, right? And uh, she drops her glove, like that was accidental, and he picks it up. He, she thought he was just going to hand it back to her, but he just kind of plays with it and you know puts it on and everything. Yeah. Like that was totally just. Brando being Brando just but it was so natural in that scene like he he lifted her in that scene mm-hmm. like because she was able to act like are you gonna give me my glove back you know and, yeah. and not just like oh he broke character he broke the scene like that's there's also an incredible moment between the two of them when he admits to her that he was somehow involved in her brother's death yeah, but, and but he says it, but at the same time, like the whistle of a steamer or, or a boat coming by, yeah, blocks off him actually saying it. Which is, I I don't think I've ever before or since seen like where you have to have this absolute confessional moment on screen, completely obliterated by sound, but yeah. she hear it, so she's reacting to it. I just thought it was Kazan, and it's yeah. just it's just incredible. I, was, I wonder if that was in post. I was wondering because I know the editor. I don't know that gentleman's name, but I know he won an Oscar. I wonder that would be a good question if that's something they just created in post. Yeah, definitely. Because so, I imagine uh, it like um, you know. I mean, we've all been there in times of our life when when we hear something devastating, and it's it is almost like there is a oh, right blaring as you're here. You know, it's like it, there's so much going on in your brain trying to process it. You're like half hearing like you get it but in it's it's overwhelming and that that's always the way i've read that yeah no, that's yeah that's, that's definitely a good. good yeah it is good thank you wayne <laughs> you're, no, welcome. I, you're welcome we 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 agreed on that that was great it's like we're uh, <laughs> i just thought it was uh that was just my i'm just talking about yeah. modern filmmaking and yeah like the, the whole thing um and yeah you're are we right. gonna gene Go milf Gene Milford is the editor. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, he he won for On the Waterfront. He won for Lost Horizon. Oh, he did that movie? Okay, yeah. Yep, and he was nominated for the 1935 film One Night of Love. Oh, uh, I don't even or know Or 1934 that. film, sorry. Anyways, okay. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was just, uh, I, I don't know, One Night of Love. I have to check <laughs> oh. that out, see some of um, his early work. Yeah. Check him, check him out. Check out this editor, folks, Gene Milford. You know, what uh, was also interesting is this was a great example of the studio kind of messing up because they got three of the actors from this movie to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And right. they canceled each other out. And I don't know who won. It was like, and you can look it up, but it wasn't yeah. like... Was it Edmund O'Brien or somebody like that? Or some I movie I... Yeah, because yeah. Carl, Carl Malden, I know, was uh, Yeah, Lee J. Cobb and Steiger all got nominated for Best yeah. Supporting Actor. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. what? what and I don't think that's, that can have never happened no. since, right? And, three people. 
from one movie for best supporting. There's no way. It's it three has to be very very rare if it did. Yeah, but yeah. Eva Marie Saint won for she best. She did, yeah. In her first actress. film role. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You can even see in the credits in this movie introducing Eva Marie Saint. Um Dave, I had texted you earlier about the jacket. Uh, This is the first time I've noticed the jacket in this movie. Uh, Because when Joey, Joey, right? That's the name. Uh, I might be Terry. The guy who dies at the beginning, Joey, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. His Uh, brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The dad gives him, who's another great actor, uh, the the father. Oh, right, 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 Um, right. And I I forget what else he's in, but uh, um, he he gives. uh, someone the jacket who right. also ends up dying KO. or getting yeah. whacked. Yeah, yeah, KO yeah, yeah. Dugan. And then uh, Terry gets the jacket after he dies. So like it's being passed down for like oh yeah, that's who, interesting. Each getting whacked next. And when <sighs> you know uh, Marlon Brando had it, that's when uh, his brother picked him up in the car and was telling him like you're you're done for if you you know if you don't do this and uh did we mention the contender scene because that's when that was if we could go through that <laughs> yeah. again um, oh that is but, a, that is a great insight yeah. that i never noticed before is it, it basically it's it's a target on your back basically whoever's wearing that jacket and right. yeah. are you gonna are, are you gonna escape it or are you gonna meet the fate and that's mm-hmm. you know we get sort of sort of our answer with by the end uh and it, and it takes a lot to get to where they are from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. That's kind of the, one of the things I like about it so much is how difficult a journey it was for really all of these uh, characters in this film to get from, you know, to make that journey to basically getting their independence and asserting themselves. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah. Cause they, yeah, I, I, like you said, I, I never really noticed that before, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's this thing that just keeps getting passed down. Like, are they, are they doing the right thing? I don't know if that uh, guy who died from the uh, liquor falling down on him necessarily <laughs> was a good guy. Uh, right. <laughs> he's kind of seemed like a prick, but uh, um, but but yeah, I mean, there, there's something with that jacket. That's for yeah. sure. Um, who who did you say you thought won best supporting actor? I have it pulled up here. I I, I have it wrong. I wanted to say like. Edmund O'Brien or somebody like well, that, or you are a hundred percent correct. Yep, Edmund. It O'Brien. was, but I don't know the movie. I don't know the movie. Uh, the Barefoot Cont- Contessa. The Barefoot Contessa. Yeah, okay. there you go. See, it. you knew yeah, it. Yeah. No, no, no. It. I mean, I've never seen that movie. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what right. that movie is about. But compared to Lee J. Cobb and all the waterfronts, I know. On. Yeah, come on. Yeah, but yeah, ridiculous. like you said, like like splitting them up. Yeah, people who saw on the waterfront are going to be like, oh, I want to vote for someone like that. But you're going to have different. People yeah. Voting have you ever um, seen? Um, this is just a tangent from a few years later. I guess it was twelve years later, thirteen years later. In the Heat of the Night. Are you familiar with that movie? I'm. I mean, I've heard of it. I. I don't. I've never. I've never, I've never seen it. I've heard of it and everything. But it's my favorite Rod Steiger performance. Steiger's the brother in this movie, and okay. he plays a, yeah. a Southern racist sheriff. And it's in his performance is out of this world. Did he win for that? That's a good question. I know. I know the pay it won for best picture. I think he did. Look it up. I oh, definitely I'll in the heat of the night won best picture. Yeah. And uh, it was him and he uh, acted opposite Sidney Poitier. And it's just a 
tore to force. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that because, yeah, the, in the heat of the night, yep, he won for best. He did. He did. Uh, Who did he beat? Actor. Who was he up against? Who was he up he against? He was up against, uh, talk amongst yourselves as I look that up. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Sorry. I, sorry. I think no, I saw good. the uh, TV version with Carol O'Connor a couple episodes Yes. Ago. Yeah. They did a TV show of it. <laughs> no, it was, uh, I mean, it was, that's one of the first move, like adult movies I saw as a kid. I was like, mm-hmm eight years old or something they're like because it was about racism and stuff my parents yeah, were like, you have to see he, this movie oh man he beat out uh some big names warren Beatty for uh, uh Bonnie Bonnie and clyde. Clyde. oh uh, my god wow. so dustin, for the guy who played clyde yep dustin hoffman clyde. for the graduate <laughs> what Paul already M- wait, wait a minute hold on hold on okay man. okay what yeah. is the name of what is the name of uh dustin hoffman's character in the graduate oh my god it's my name it is? Oh, right, yeah. Ben. Right, right, Ben. Ben, ben Benjamin you, Braddock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, Cool Hand Luke, Paul Newman. What? Cool Does, Luke. You're kidding. Yeah. What a God, must, that's one of the greatest actors thing I ever did. You're and talking then, about Paul uh, Newman. Paul Newman. We did that yeah. movie, by the way, here. Yeah, we did. We movie. did. Uh, Spencer right? Tracy. Guess who's get, coming, who's to, coming dinner. to dinner? Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was a wow powerhouse year right there. That is unbelievable. Now I really got to check out this in the heat of the night because if he beat out <laughs> uh, Newman, Hoffman, Baby, yeah. Tracy, like that's insane. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for looking that up. I really appreciate it. No, thank Whoa. you for making me look it up because now, <laughs> I, now I'm eager to watch in the heat no, of the I'm night. No, I'm just saying, I feel like that was peak yeah. Rod Steiger. Is that, right. but there's also a movie called The Pawn Broker where he's excellent in as well, but I feel like these are his th- those are his three best movies again if you're listening on twitter hit me up and tell me exactly why i'm wrong but yeah because <laughs> a lot of times i am wrong as we know as we know loud and wrong that's my yeah. motto i use, i always fact check myself in the intro and don't let them get to me i say oh i know i said this wrong so <laughs> oh really yeah, I there you so. go you know I mean, it's hard yeah. not to it's hard not to but yeah because oh, yeah. i mean i love steiger in this movie yeah and- he's brilliant um and there's another guy from uh uh 12 angry men i, I want to say he's the like uh what do you call the leader of the jury <laughs> um uh, the foreman the yeah foreman, the foreman. I, was it him anyways one of one of the guys in the jury's in this too he's the oh really okay oh wait uh, it's martin balsam yeah martin balsam yeah, yeah right the investigators yeah, yeah, yeah. yep yeah, yeah um but, uh, but yeah, they're trying to get uh, Terry Malloy to uh, basically testify against uh, this union leader. Now, uh, do you have, are we going to talk about the bigger yeah, political can, part of it? Do you guys do know anything about this? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get into that a bit. Um, yeah, all right. Sure. If we want to do that now, let's do that now. Yeah, because uh, we talked about contender first, and that's at the end of the movie. So yeah, we can talk about anything at this point. So I go mean, for it, Wayne. Clearly, <laughs> there's the context of naming names and all yes. that, right? Which, because right. uh, as far as I understand it, Kazan actually was one of the ones who did yes. name most them, famously. Right? Yes, he yeah. did. I mean, these are people that are already been named. Not that I'm justifying it, but if you ever read his book, it's incredible. His, you know, because a big part of New York culture is you're not a snitch. So the, here's the big question. Like, what's the difference between a snitch, a rat and a whistleblower? Like yeah. who is like, it, right. it's all in the eye of the beholder. Right. 
Yeah, we got yeah. that at the end when uh, with that that big fight is like you've been selling yeah. me out. It was like, well, you've been selling me out my whole yeah. life, kind of a thing. I've been snitching on myself, basically. <laughs> oh, I love that you know that. Yeah, Dave, that is exactly right. So it's it's very complex, and yeah. some people certainly you know there's people in Hollywood that still hate Kazan for for that and for this movie kind of being a like a justification of like oh this is why maybe talking to the authorities isn't bad because I'm dealing with a different kind of uh, evil and like the longshoreman union. And so, yeah, so that's what, and not only did he uh, name names, uh, the writer, Bud Schulberg did as well. What did they, uh, what did they name names with? For communists working in Hollywood. Oh, so the black, the whole blacklist thing, they were the ones that... They, they don't they, create the backlist, but they, in other words, there was a committee, a subcommittee in Washington, D.C., the one that thought there was too much, was wondering, is there communists in Hollywood and are they influencing the movies? And so that's what they were investigating. Interesting. And, and so obviously actually. Kazan had knew there was communists in Hollywood because he was a communist in Hollywood. And <laughs> yeah. the answer was is yes. communist in Hollywood. So <laughs> they were both well aware of communists in Hollywood. And both of them had had situations where th- this guy Lawson and the head committee of the communists, they'd have these secret meetings, would tell them to change something in a script or to alter something. And both Schulberg and Kazam was like, uh, no, <laughs> you don't get to tell me what I can write and what I can't write. And that's why they both left the Communist Party. I mean, they're both liberal leftist kind of guys, but they were like, I, I don't want to be part of this. Right. Yeah. I don't want to be yeah, be told what, what to say, what I can and can't. What I can, say, I like- can't say has to be cleared by some committee. Right. Of you guys, you know, who are. Wow. I didn't know any of this, actually. I didn't. Well, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I knew about the blacklist and everything and all that. I didn't know Kazan, though, was. Uh, yeah. Was, well, Kazan might have been like one of the most influential who did. But the reason he cooperated was like, I don't know what to tell It's the same thing. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Yeah. These guys exist. You already have their names. I'll tell you they were this. And this is what they did to me. Yeah. And Do you know so, if this was uh, bef- offhand, if this was before or after this movie? It was before. Before. So oh, a lot wow, of people sick. think this was a kind of a yeah. justification for yeah. for that. And Wow. Yeah. And, Man, uh, that just adds so it's so really much. Power, so, yeah. There's yeah. a lot that goes on in this movie <laughs> when you we, think about it. We see some of this in the movie Hail Caesar, Ben. Uh, you've seen, yes. You've, right. We yeah. Talked about, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of this similar idea going on there. And it, it is interesting, right? Because I would say as a general principle that no one should be uh, fired for their job, for their political beliefs, you know, unless it rises to the level of, you know, I, I don't know, want, like, you know, planning to murder someone or something like that. Or Okay. Let me just ask them. you this. If you were a member, if you knew someone was a member of the KKK, and that was their political beliefs. You're fine with that? <laughs> you just go right. He goes zero to 100. Huh? <laughs> I'm just asking you. Uh, to me, that's not a political belief. That's just yeah, I think that's, I mean, that is sort of terrorism in its own way. But uh, I okay. mean. Uh, okay. So 
if, if we can, do we have to? Do we no, we don't to have to. We don't have worst? to. That might have been bad. That might have been bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but let's say someone believes something. Uh, it could be anything. I mean, even communists today. I mean, right. I mean and, and at the time, within the context of the 1950s, uh, there was uh, the Cold War going on, right? So there might have been a concern that there was spies or something like that. In fact, we just, my wife and I just started watching The Americans, uh, first few uh-huh. couple episodes of that, which I, which I enjoy so far. Um, you know, th- that did happen. So, I mean, I don't know, as long as let's just, I'll, I'll restate <laughs> as long as those political beliefs, uh, don't plan on doing anything physical violence just to simply believe something I would say, uh, it would be the same. I mean, cause I think that's, that's sort of the logic they used back then, right? Well, you believe in this ideology, therefore you want to do purges and mass murders and, right, 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 and right. starve, uh, the Ukrainians and, or whatever, you know, you, you're, because your ideology led to, led to violence mm-hmm. over here. So indirectly. That, yeah. 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 No, that's a great point. That's a great point. And it wasn't illegal to be a communist in the right. United States. It was, you were totally legal. So, but they, you know, obviously it existed in Hollywood. How much influence they had? Probably not that much. Yeah. But Lawson was the head of the Writers Guild, which is my union. And uh, so I don't know. It's a very it's a very complicated question, in my opinion. So, I mean, I don't like to see anyone get blacklisted because, <laughs> of, you know, but I guess it's early cancel culture. Early, they guys <laughs> yeah. got canceled. Just, just uh, do the Dalton Trumbo thing. Yeah, and, uh, do Dalton Trumbo. Same yeah, thing. And just do it in a different name, I guess. But that's what I liked about Dalton. He was like, yeah, I'm a member of the Communist Party. I, I don't right, know what the yeah. problem is. I, and I'm writing these incredible movies. Right. <laughs> and I'm going to continue to do so. And I yeah, get an Oscar yeah. for Spartacus and all this. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, no, it's that, crazy like how many themes, yeah, how, how this correlates with, with all that. And yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm I learned something today, you guys. So thank you. For that. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's a great you know sequence. Uh, you know, with him testifying in front of in front of the jury or whatever. Um, they don't really show him saying. I don't. You know, they don't show him it, in but, front of that, right? Well, they show him on the bench. They do, uh, but yeah, but they don't. You know, he, not for long. Like they don't show everything he says and everything, and then and then that's when um, uh, Lee J. Cobb kind of goes. Oh after right, him and runs out. Yes, hold him back. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he he says he's never gonna get a job again. You know, you're never gonna work again. You know, in this dock or any other uh, dock. Um, cause yeah, the next day or, you know, and the next time we see Terry, he's going to, uh, the, the waterfront again. Um, and they said on the waterfront a lot in this movie and that's the name of the name <laughs> yeah, of the of film. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's on the waterfront. Um, I, I like this. And I like, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Wayne. No, I just like where it was shot. Like it was that shot. I think it was shot in Hoboken or like, it's like, it's right there. The average guy gets screwed no matter what, right? Basically. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, you could just look <laughs> at the difference in the clothes between what Lee J. Cobb was wearing, you know, and right. and what you know the rest of them are like, kind of in jeans and those jackets and stuff. And I was just struck stuff. by the idea that you show up at a job at I don't know, say six in the morning, and you're not. It's not really your job until they call you in. You just, I know. That's such a weird, crazy idea, you know? Yeah. So I guess I don't eat today or something. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I was gonna bring that up too because yeah, that's uh, very uh, yeah. I, I can't imagine yeah just showing up. Oh, I hope I, I hope I get uh, some money today. I hope I uh, can can work on the docks and lift some bananas or whatever they were talking about. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I love all the for somebody. I, I just love the aesthetic of the hook on every yeah, yeah, shoulder yeah. and everything. Like that's really cool. Um but yeah, showing up at a at a dock just hoping to get work. Like uh, you know, it's uh not <laughs> I know it seems something like depression era as yeah. opposed to yeah. Definitely. Like, oh, you have a job, show up. Everyone else don't show up. You yeah. Right. But um, maybe the number of ships that day that came in affects how many people they yeah. would need. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, love I think we need to talk a little bit about... Oh, sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, go for it. I want to talk a little bit about Father Barry here before... Uh, when oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I find him the most fascinating character of the movie. I mean, I think yeah. the, Mar- the Brando performance is, is better, clearly. Um, and he's he's our focus. But this <laughs> this priest just kind of yeah. comes out of nowhere and kind of leads a little, a little uh, mini revolution. Well, well, yeah, in, no town, question. Right? Yeah. And, I just find that fascinating. You know, he, he doesn't just sit between his four walls in his church. He comes out there and it was the, uh, it was the KO character where he's like, I'm with you. And he's, and he's like all the way. And he's basically saying, I'm just like you willing to give my life to end this, this injustice that I see. And right. I see, and I see this injustice at just as much part of my job uh, as you know, to you know, deliver mass or whatever it might might be. Uh, this I need to fight this and and be out and and fight this problem just as much as whatever my you know my my priestly duties might be. And I, I just found that really interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, he is definitely a look. This whole movie has a religious overtone with the brothers yeah. and the, the and redemption and looking up and even I hate to say it, there seems to be a little bit of a Christ on the cross getting like <laughs> the hell kicked out of him as he, you know, right at the end of the movie, right? Before, yeah, 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 yeah. He's well, d- doesn't he say that at some point? Like, this is you being crucified, and this is that, like, he says something about uh, being, yeah, crucified. he's like, it, the crucifixion wasn't just Jesus on the cross, like, all this crap that's going on here, this is a crucifixion too. And for you standing by to watch this happen is, is like, yeah. he was condemning all of them. <laughs> There's an amazing scene where he makes this speech after down in the pit of it, and somebody yeah. like throws a tomato at him, the priest. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. And yeah, that's right. When, like, you said at the beginning, Dave, when you, uh, Oh, would you? Uh, not as he doesn't oh. need a doctor. He needs a priest. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Right after that, yeah, he's yeah, yeah he's given a spe- you know sermon or whatever you want to call it over the dead body, and uh, yeah, they start throwing yeah tomatoes yeah. at him and everything. Uh, the, so. Who's a freaking big guy with the? He looked like he had the monster. He was Andre the Giant. Um, <laughs> no. His hand was as like. Bigger than this can, like it's insane. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where they found him, uh, but yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of religious uh, undertones. Because yeah, I mean, you, uh, Malloy, you know, is talking to the priest, and the priest is like, "You gotta, you know, say this." And he's like, oh, "If I say that, you know, it's my life or whatever." He's like, "Well, how's your soul gonna be? You yeah. know, if if you right. do this, yeah. like, so it's like." Yeah, you you you'll die, but your soul will be you know uh, saved or you know 
along those lines is, is what he says. So yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. Um, he's great at playing the, playing the guilt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up father Barry because yeah, he's definitely a highlight again. He, uh, Carl Malden, uh, uh, again, nominated for uh, best supporting actor. He was in streetcar named desire as well oh, with oh, yeah. Brando and, in, in uh, Kazan. And, uh, yeah, I think he was nominated for that as well, actually. Um, um and then at the end, when uh, he catches up with with Terry as he's running away because he's about to just you know lay fire on everybody after his brother dies, uh, uh, Father Barry comes into the bar, and, and Terry says, "Go to hell." And he's like, "What'd you say?" And he's like, "Go to hell." And then he slugs Terry. <laughs> he just <laughs> levels, he just levels him because it's sort of like <laughs> it, it, it made me think like turn the other cheek. Like, okay, I took it once. Did, All right, right. <laughs> give it to me again. Okay, say it, <laughs> say it, son. <laughs> then he said it. And he just slugged him. <laughs> That's an intense movie, man. It is so it's so rich that movie. It, it makes me. I think I'm gonna maybe even watch it tonight. It's so I I haven't seen it in. Well over a year. So well, just, our uh, our guests are supposed to watch the movie. Before <laughs> the show. Oh, we are. Oh, I but, didn't know that. You know, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's it's all right, Wayne. No. <laughs> nah, you're. I'm just. No, just I know. I've, I've um, seen it maybe. Yeah. ten times in my <laughs> exactly. life. I've seen it a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm just uh, again <laughs> messing, busting balls here, busting balls. Uh, but yeah, I, well, it's, I know we're we're not going to be three hours here. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> I love I love the shot uh, of them running away from the truck. Uh, uh, after yeah. you know, right after he gets dropped off, like the cinematography of them running through the alley and the trucks chasing them, like him holding her hand and stuff. Great shot. Yeah. Um, and uh, Carl Malden did actually win for Streetcar Desire. Uh, Streetcar oh, he did. Desire, best uh, actor in a supporting role. So there right. you go. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just you can go on and on about this movie. It's just uh, so, so fantastic. Did we mention anything about uh, uh, I could have been a contender? <laughs> um, I don't know if we talked about that yet, but uh, not, my, uh, not my night. I could have taken Wilson apart. All right, I'm going to try to do You guys both did uh, Brandon. Let me try. Let me try. I could. I'm going to give him an offer he can't refuse. (laughs) Is that the movie? Well, it is interesting that two of Brando's biggest performances, I mean, this streetcar, maybe last angle a little bit as well. But the, the two iconic uh, performances where he both won an Oscar both have to do with the mafia. That's true. Right? Yeah. 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 And one, he plays Vito, and in this one, it's Terry. It's like, yeah, this sure. he's trying to fight the mafia. Yeah. And then, yeah. And the other one, he's he, like, yeah. He wins. It's funny. He, he accepted this award because uh, he won for Best Actor fighting the Mafia, and then he won for being the head right. of the Mafia. 18 years he, later, yeah. Yeah, and, and didn't accept the award. No. Um, so, yeah, very famously. So now, This is peak, uh, to me, this is peak Brando. This is just uh, when he's at his thing, he's sexy, he's, a thing, yeah. he's got this hair, he's like, he's bulky, he's sensitive. Does, he's yeah, uh, playfulness. Where yes, Bra- playful. Yeah, I meant to ask you this at the beginning, but where does Brando fall to you on like your favorite actor? Category? Oh, well, I don't know if he's my favorite, but I would say he's certainly one of the most influential, important actors in the history of Hollywood. Certainly, probably in the top ten, I would think. I, I mean, I can't yeah. imagine 
Yeah, I mean, I mean influential-wise, yeah. I yeah, mean, he just, like, changed the whole, like, any of those guys. Pacino, all of those guys are in that mold after him. De Niro, It's an actor you'd watch anything. I mean, just anyone, you know, in any role, just, okay, I want to watch a, I mean, you mentioned Al Pacino or whatever. Is that, Do you have one like that where you're like, what I do don't mean? care what the hell they do? Like, well, I don't actor, care. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Like I don't, I don't care if they're a golf instructor or a no, mob boss. No, I don't. No, I don't. I usually based. I'm more on the movie and more about the movie than like. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of I'll the same way. Watch. You are. Yeah. Yeah, I am the same way. Ben, so, are you more actor driven or, or or just like theme driven by the movie? Well, anything Wayne's in, I want. I want to watch <laughs> that, that episode. I want to watch that episode of the thing he's in. Um. I, yeah. I mean, I Wayne's guess, been in I, everything. So you've, you, you've just used watched. To be, yeah, all, all TV shows. <laughs> it used to be De Niro, but you know, in his earlier years, even though I wasn't alive in his earlier years, but um, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess there's not an actor where I'm, I'm more interested, yeah, in the story and just it being a good movie than I am following the actor. Like, if I'm not interested in the story and I really like this actor, though, like I'm just like, eh, you know, it's not not jumping at me, even with yeah. the actor. Wayne, we had Howie Mandel on uh, two, three weeks ago. Oh, you ago. did? Oh, yeah. congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. But, That's a big get for you guys, right? It is. <laughs> but, it, it, was, it was good. But Dave we did, name uh, drop it here. Yeah. No, but I, there was a point here besides the show. Uh, by the way, we did the Birdemic movie. I don't know if you've heard of that or seen that. It's one of the worst movies ever made. You should check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay, uh, I'll check it out. But he said it was that that film is is a director and writer driven medium less than yep. an actor driven medium. Do you agree with that? Of course, of course. Yeah. And I think yeah, and I think television is more of a writer's medium. Like that's why all the showrunners are writers, not directors usually. And and you know, it's interesting. I think one area where editing is becoming very important is short form, like on TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. Like mm. what the kids are doing, the kids, what the young <laughs> artists are doing on that. I know it, no one pays attention to it and they think it's all garbage, right. but I think it's really interesting what's happening over there. And yeah, a lot it's... of it has to do with repurposing old stuff. Let me give you a great example. I mean, this is just a meme. This is not, but it's, uh, I don't know if you know the movie Jeremiah Johnson. Did we talk about this? No, uh, we no. haven't. No. So, so in Jeremiah Johnson, it's a Robert Redford movie. Yeah. But there's a scene in the movie where he marries like a Native American girl and she's finally getting used to being his wife and stuff. And so he looks at her and he smiles and there's just a push in on the camera. He's wearing a beard and he kind of smiles. And it's become a meme, right? It's right. become a yep. famous meme. <laughs> And I think a lot of people don't even know that it's Redford. Like I saw people are like, is that Zach Galvanakis? Like no one knows who it is. <laughs> so it's from, so I'm watching Jeremiah Johnson at Tarantino's movie theater out here. It's called the new Beverly. And they get to that part and they do the push in and the entire audience, not only laughs, but applauds in the middle of this drama, in the middle of this movie. And I was just like, Okay, I see. I saw a little insight into the future where movies are going to be movies, media, any of that stuff is all going to be repurposed for different purposes. Well, obviously, repurposed for different purposes. That's stupid. But yeah, it's going to be repurposed for different mediums. So I was like, oh, 
That's really interesting. Like that <laughs> might be the most important part of this movie, Jeremiah Johnson. Is that's that insane? Like, yeah, that's a push in. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when I great. watch, uh, like maybe more Trek. people have seen that than ever saw the movie. Like yeah, more yeah, people right. have seen yeah. that meme, right? You would think so. Uh, yeah, I, I think oh, yeah. I definitely think so. Cause I, I mean, I'm going to be honest right now. I've never seen the movie. And when I saw the meme, I had no idea it was Robert Redford until. <laughs> right, a year right. Ago, so it was a just like ago, a guy, yeah. but it's one of those, like something good happens. You put up the meme. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, that's the look <laughs> I'm looking at. That really. When I watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation episodes, you know, watching uh-huh. reruns on occasion, and you'll get the Picard, you know? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. We're like, oh, oh yeah, it's this like episode where this happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, anyway, so but I'm saying that's about editing and picking out the right moment yeah, and definitely. for memes and things like that. And uh, there was another, there was somebody wrote an article about it. So, this is not my original idea, but I do feel like that's very much an editing medium that's, beca- that's growing. Like the ability, sometimes they take out the audio, they add a different thing. They, right. You know. Uh, Could be a subject of a new book. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. We just started a new book here. Yeah, I know. I know. Wayne Fetterman is going to do all the work, but we're going to have our names on it. I'm um, interested in all of this stuff. No, it's great. I love it. Do you think, uh, speaking of Tarantino, do you think he's going to save the Cinerama Dome? I'm not worried about the Cinerama. Yeah. I think that's going to be, I don't think that's going anywhere. I mean, yeah. maybe those arc like theaters behind it, but movie theaters are opened here in Los Angeles. The AMC is open. So yeah, I, I think it's more of a landlord dispute. I hate to pour water on it and everyone's crying about it, but I think it's more of that situation. Yeah. They just sure. couldn't pay their rent and they're like, can you give us a break on that? Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. reopen, you know, that kind of, yeah. I think it's that. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that would be my guess. Because <laughs> I want to see it. Because I've never been to L.A. and I want, I want, I want to be there. Here's the it. great secret about the dome: not a great movie theater. I just want a picture outside of it. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so iconic. <laughs> it's so iconic. <laughs> uh, My favorite but, movie I may have seen in there was. Uh, oh, well, I've seen so many incredible. Roger, I saw Roger Rabbit in there. I saw. Oh, wow. <laughs> I saw the premiere of what was that Adam Sandler movie that just uh, Uncut Gems. Guy. Uncut Gems. I saw. I was there Ooh, for that. Nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just love that theater so yeah. much. But I've Great. actually seen some Cinerama movies there. The TCM Festival is used to come out to Hollywood once a year, and hopefully next year they will again. And they would show actual Cinerama movies in the dome. So that was oh wow yeah. That's the three projector. Do you know right. what I'm talking about at all? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't work great because there's always like a line between. Yeah. The, there's like a little like, oh, I can't really not <laughs> see that. I can't yeah, not see so that. Much. Yeah. Not, not so <laughs> there's much. two lines. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, it is wide. It. I will give you it is wide. It is immersive. But just, just try to hide it better. Yes. Yeah, this is ruining <laughs> it for me. Just try your best. Uh, but uh, no, it's it been an absolute pleasure talking Thanks, with you guys. about On Thanks. the Waterfront, uh, your new book, The History of Stand-Up. Uh, do you got anything else you're working on? Have you been? Yes, uh, I am working on a new documentary f- about George Carlin, the comedian who was ooh, around nice. from 59. I heard you doing coming around 1959 when he was 20 in his early 20s and then died in 2008. So yep. incredible career. So. So is this a documentary you're that you're producing? And- I'm co no, I'm co 
co-producing way down on the list way yeah. down on the list don't get excited oh, okay well but it I'm is for going to. um my uh, good uh, benefactor judd apatow is co-directing it and it's for hbo nice wow. awesome yeah. Well, yeah definitely looking forward to that and uh yeah uh, again uh, it's been uh, great talking with you and i didn't want to keep you three hours as usual i appreciate it i appreciate it later gentlemen i'm going right, to see you <laughs> see you wayne well there you have it folks wayne fetterman on the waterfront get his book the history of stand-up Hey, follow us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast, Instagram at BlockbusterMentality. Got a lot of good shows coming up, good guests, exciting ones, as we always do. So, appreciate you guys tuning in once again. You will never understand the gratitude I have for y'all. No, in all seriousness, thank you so much for listening. But that is it for me, folks. For Dave and Wayne I'm Ben, and as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. Bye.